You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Tempo Film. I'm Steve, and this is a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And coming with me, as usual, the gentlemen here, Chris and Brad. Hello. Hey, everybody. But we got a special guest. We do. We have a special guest. We have Professor Emeritus of Pee Wee Herman Studies. Gabe is coming along with us today. Gabe, thank you for showing up and being with us today on this great occasion. Is that your professional title? It, it, I mean, that's what I'm known as. Or you can call, I mean, him, or you can call him doctor. Other place I'd rather be on the planet right now than talking about Pee Wee Herman. So, yeah, what but, school do you go to for that? You know, it's a self study. <laughs> it, it's really it's just, you know, learning on the streets, just kind of, you know, mocking, mimicking Pee Wee. So that's what I do. It's my life in every way nice. possible. Mm, almost. Well, I went to Google University for the Pee Wee knowledge that I know. So. <laughs> That's all I got. This week, if you haven't figured it out, Chris is going to introduce you to what we watched anyway. So, Chris, even though we've mentioned the name, what did we watch? Uh, 1985's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Wow. For our adventure month. Oh, that's right. I forgot to introduce And we're starting the off with the greatest adventure of them all. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty big one. Brad, read off the very genuine ad that we've got here. Well, Pee Wee's Estate has set up a uh, casino, so it's brought to you by Pee Wee's Social Justice Inclusive Playhouse Casino. Don't miss our woke jackpots and socially progressive blackjack tables where everybody is a winner. Where did you find this place? Join the social justice warriors of chance and roll the dice for a fairer future. At Inclusive Playhouse Casino, we believe in empowerment, just like Barbie. Our slots are as diverse as her careers, from astronaut adventures to fashion forward wins. I uh, know. We got to review some of our ads, I think, before this. We got to get a group consensus. No, we don't get a lot of people coming back to us after. I know. I just think the dick bear really, really hurt us. I mean, is me laughing and sort of crying and turning red? Is that like disrespectful? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, this is ridiculous. I love it, though. Uh, completely genuine. So 100% real money, right, Brad? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all impressed with our 17 listeners every week. So, hey, 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 it's gone up. It's gone up. Okay. We're at least at 19. Fuck yeah. That's pretty good. That's <laughs> We're almost drinking age. Ooh, I like it. All right, Brad, why don't you read to us the quick facts? All right. Quick facts directed by Tim Burton. This is his first uh, full length feature. We got uh, written by Phil Hartman, Paul Rubens, and Michael Vorhall. Phil Hartman and Paul Rubens were. Uh, Compatriots on the Groundlings, a comedy troupe out of uh, Los Angeles at the time. Uh, produced by Robert Shapiro. Not that one, who's buddies with OJ. And then Richard Gilbert Abramson. Music by Danny Elfman. I believe this was also his first ever uh, full-length movie he did the music to. So good. I don't know. I'm just making that up. We got distributed by Warner Brothers. Released on August 9th, 1985, with a budget of $7 million, a box office return of 40.9, and significantly more than that in, in rentals, I would assume. We got an 88% tomato meter and a 79% audience score, meaning 21% of Americans are morons. <laughs> uh, 
probably larger. That number than seems that. yeah, it yeah, seems low. <laughs> uh, who, who's starring in this bad boy? Okay, we got Paul Rubens. Well, Pee Wee Herman, really. It's, it's Paul Rubens, Pee Wee. To me, it's not even a character. It's a real human being. Um, we got an eccentric man child whose bike gets stolen. We got E.G. Daly as Dottie, bike shop employee who is Pee Wee's friend, maybe more. She wants to be anyway. Got Mark Holton as Francis Buxton, a spoiled man child who is Pee Wee's enemy and neighbor. Mark Holton was on a roll at this time. He's going from Pee Wee to Teen Wolf. Eventually, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. <laughs> and then he was also in the uh, Naked Gun. Oh, was he? He had a little, little role in the end, a little cameo in the end there. Wow. Let's see, we got Diane Salinger as Simone, the waitress who dreams of visiting France. And we got Judd Oman as Mickey Morelli, advanced, an escaped convict who claims he was incarcerated for cutting off the tag of a mattress, which is a heinous <laughs> crime. <laughs> All right, we'll go, we'll go through everyone and uh, ask them when's the first time they actually saw this movie. So, Gabe, you can go first. Do you remember the first time you ever saw this? Just like it was just like when I met my wife the first time. It was it was a beautiful time. I was gosh, nine years old. We actually I actually went to a drive in movie theater with my parents. Yeah, it was fantastic. Never, never forget it. So, yeah, that's pretty cool experience to drive in theater to see this. Damn jealous of that. Mine was I, I think it was just on TV one day and my brothers and I like just came across it like, what the hell is this? This is the guy that's in Pee-wee's Playhouse that we watch. Because I definitely saw the TV show way before I saw the movie. You know, it was kind of edited down. For, well, this was pretty quick, so maybe it wasn't. But I don't know. I don't remember it when I rewatched it this time. I don't remember Pee-wee being so damn psychotic. Because he's straight up crazy when he gets his bike stolen. I was like, this dude's nuts. <laughs> All right, Chris, how about you? What was your first time? I was two months old when this came out, so I grew up with Pee-wee. I, I have no idea. I just grew up watching it. It just absorbed point. into you one day? Yeah, I remember having them, which neither of us own them now, which is bizarre. Shh, don't tell the listeners. Why? We must. It's all fake. We, it's all real. We'll just create a P.O. box. They can send them. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. How about you, Brad? I think I was eight, not at a drive-in, but at a at a movie theater. My parents were like, oh, this looks like a good family movie here. Just good, wholesome fun. <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting, too, because there's nothing that... Well, I'm, I mean, there's scary parts, like Large Marge, but there's nothing you can point at and be like, see, this shouldn't be shown to kids. You know what I mean? It just has an aura about it. It's still crazy, though. Yeah, I know. That's kind of my point, too. It's like it has... Like just this feeling throughout it that it it shouldn't be watched by kids, but there's nothing you can point to. And I certainly watched it as a lot as a kid because I was an '80s kid. No one cared. The soundtrack is like psychotic. Yeah, if you just listen to it. It's just creepy, crazy clown music. It's amazing though. When he was on the Warner Bros. Uh, Warner Bros. lot, did anyone get like a little bit of the Wizard of Oz? Like when he was driving around on his bike. And another Godzilla film. That's true. Mm. Well, I'm talking about the music. Like when he yeah, was yeah, running, yeah. I heard a little bit of Wizard mm. of Oz where the monkeys were going. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, there are no trailers from when I looked up on it. Did you find any, Chris? For no. The VHS that we totally own? Yeah. No, we didn't own it. So <laughs> That's true. I know. Did you, you guys want to watch the trailer to this? Oh, yes, dude. That sounds great. Great. I'm glad we didn't forget this in the live recording. Here's the trailer. 
Warner Brothers is proud to present the story of a guy. Morning. I'm here. And his bike. James Bond kind of stuff. Together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. So you want to just pop this tape in and uh, start watching this movie? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we're back. We totally watched it. I popped it in the VHS that we totally, totally own. Uh, yeah, this was. Uh, <laughs> this is the first thing I noticed about Pee Wee. Uh, he's not really that good at riding a bike, but man, he sure dreams about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, watching this as an adult, I was halfway expecting like Harvey Weinstein's name to be on some one of the one of the credits when this thing got built. I think one of the greatest scenes is when he's riding and it looks like he's doing really cool tricks and then all of a sudden just fucking up on a curb. Uh, yeah, I, I, I put a note on there. It's like, you know, he's kind of shitty at tricks, so maybe he should be uh, wearing a helmet. And then I started to look up stuff on Pee Wee's Playhouse and I noticed right away that he does wear a helmet on the TV show. Because <laughs> there were probably adults complaining. That's right. And that helmet was designed by Rob Zombie. What? Rob what? Zombie designed that helmet. Oh, wow. Okay. I could have made a thousand guesses about what musician would be brought up during this podcast and it never would have been Rob Zombie. Yeah. All right. I cut Gabe off there too. You were going to say something. I was just saying when I was a kid, I loved Pee Wee so much that we'd practice wiping out on our bikes just like Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> this is the pre-jackass era. <laughs> you guys realize he was also the first American to win the Tour de France. He was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full story. It turns out I know somebody that rides the Tour de France every year. Dang. It's like a 60-year-old deacon. What? What? I don't like be good to do that. I just <laughs> found this out when we were watching it. Lily was like, yeah, he rides the Tour de France every year. And I was like, you're fucking lying. And she went on and she's like, no, every year. Oh, that... <laughs> Dang. I, I, I don't think it's the race, but I think you can like do a ride of it. I don't know. I'll have to talk to him know. about it and get more info, but that's that's really cool. I like bikes a lot. That is cool. Well, I hope you don't wreck on them, but if you do, I hope you get it on camera. I have. I'm missing a testicle. Ah, oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, his house is crazy, so it, I kind of started to think, like, what, what job does Pee Wee have? He's a, a, an engineer of sorts. Okay, all right. An engineer. I mean, look at look at that Rule Goldberg machine. I grew up loving those, and I, I rewatching this, and I'm like, oh, that might be why. Got a lot of my personality. I'm real annoying. I like Rule Goldberg, I like sugar and bikes. 
Do you slide down a pole in your pajamas and then when you get to your kitchen, you, you're fully clothed? Uh, if I had a house that had a second story, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but that's the only thing stopping you. Yeah, that's what's stopping me. <laughs> Not reality. <laughs> you know, if Gabe and I, if we'd have thought about this, thought this through better, and there, we lived in a place one time, we could have just gone ahead and done that. <laughs> really, really not really done a lot of damage to the house in actuality. <laughs> was, that, was that in your 20s? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, that's when you're supposed to do a lot of damage to the house. Yeah. Did you guys, was it a rental? It was, and then I think after he rented it to us, he just rented it to girls after from then on. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these twenty-year-old guys. Well, yeah, this was a bad neighborhood, and we moved in, and we made it worse. <laughs> yeah, and that's the perfect time. You give it a name. You put a slide from the top to the bottom. Have shows in the basement. You live there till you're forty. Yeah. When we moved out, the the landlord asked, "He's like, how in the hell do you have footprints on your ceiling?" That would be keg stands. So it was it was a wonderful place to live. So nice. we could have pretty much done anything we wanted. Nice. We had footprints on the ceiling. We're like, oh, we don't we don't even care that they're there, and we can see them. <laughs> it's memories. Another cool thing is his entire setup for breakfast. But what kind of pissed me off was he he just ate like two things of Mr. T cereal. I'm like, what a waste. But that's that's the stereotypical sitcom white family breakfast. It's enough to feed 30 people. You take two bites and you're like, I'm off to school. Yep. Do, 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 do. do you see how much he weighed when he got on the scale after breakfast? No, how much was, how much was it? 98 pounds. 98 pounds. Mm. I mean, he had about 5,000 cereal. Ugh. That breakfast series had like 5,000 calories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that stuff looked like uh, Captain Crunch. Like that would tear the top of your mouth up. Oh, that man. cereal does not cut the roof of your mouth. And it's like, why does he need an oversized toothbrush? Like, I don't know. <laughs> this was getting to know Pee Wee, though. If you didn't know Pee Wee at this point, the first intro scene where he's going through his house and he's just like giggling and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> it's just that endears you to Pee Wee right there. Yeah, the music and that. I think it's a great intro. And a grown man playing with toys, like right when he wakes up after he lifts. It's freaking awesome. I love his workout routine. It's like two pounds. <laughs> Rise and grind. <laughs> when he's watering the lawn, how obnoxious even that is. Like everything he does is obnoxious. I'm watering the lawn. So he watering shuts the lawn the window. now. Okay, Pee Wee. And his neighbor's just laughing his head off. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking probably love him. He's great. Well, he gets like his water or his lawn gets watered too for free. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the security on this bike thing is like, I saw like a keypad. I saw something with a satellite. Then he's got a little hidden uh, switch with a tree and then like a shrubbery garage. I mean, damn, no one's stealing this. Yeah, and then he does the same thing later with that 10 miles of chain that he keeps pulling out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, the whole time I was like, that's just going to scratch the paint, Pee Wee. <laughs> he connects it to like just this fucking clown that anyone could just pick up, I assume. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. He is paranoid, though, right? I mean, he, he's got something going on. Well, he's got reason to worry because Francis Buxton has just happened to be trotting around the neighborhood that morning, right? If he was bringing his bike out. I wouldn't sell my bike for all the money in the world. Not for a hundred billion million trillion dollars. Then you're crazy. 
I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. I know he plays a, a perfect little shit. Mm-hmm. And and those one piece that he wore, my grand wear those powder blue one pieces. Those just a freaking great outfit with his initials on it. Fantastic. I mean, those things got to be rough if you get a piss really quick, right? They're popular again, so yeah. Have you seen those? Those are awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're they're hilarious. I just don't think they're very practical for me when I'm running to a bathroom. I got to unzip the back. I need help from a friend. Get one that has the, the butt flap. That's true. <laughs> just run around with a butt flap. <laughs> uh, I saw on the... This little trivia here that Corey Feldman was originally supposed to play Francis, but he was too busy with Goonies. Oh, I'm going to I don't know which movie's better to choose. Dang, which yeah, one? The Brolin. It's his Josh Brolin's dad is in Pee Wee. Then Josh Brolin is in Goonies. I mean, because Warner Brothers did both films and they said that Paul Rubens visited the Goonies set a couple times. So that's what I was thinking, too, because Josh Brolin's in this. Or, you know, Josh Brolin's in uh, Goonies and his dad's in this. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that. But, you know, he was in such little of it. Probably not. But who knows? Maybe he visited his son on Goonies. I don't know. Let's see here. Uh, yeah. So then he, the magic shop's kind of crazy. Fucking nuts, too. Uh, apparently that guy has like his uh, Tim Burton was a big fan of the uh, magic shop owner. But I never looked up who his name or who he was. Oh, I, I forgot his name. Did. But Pee Wee was going crazy. That remember that woman in there, and she's like all getting weirded out. And Pee Wee just keeps just keeps like I don't know, making innuendos at her. Glasses. He puts the glasses on. He's totally like sexually harassing her. <laughs> oh, Pee Wee sexually harasses no one. Everyone's attracted to him. Remember? That's true. Weirdly. Yeah, weirdly attracted. Did you guys spot the Elvira poster? Yeah. Yep. And did you spot the stormtrooper helmet? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They put that in there. I don't know if it has any significance other than just like filling stuff and probably thought it was cool. Most of the stuff he in there, he gets, he reuses, but one of the scene was cut. So he uses the trick gum. I forget like the smoke stuff he uses, but mm-hmm. that boomerang um, bow tie, the scene was cut where he used that. We'll talk about it later on. Anyway, uh, we get to Dottie, who's in heat for Pee Wee. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. She is jonesing for him. Yeah, she loves that man. Who wouldn't be? Hi, Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> Something important I want to ask you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. After he loses the bike, though, it's crazy. I mean, he was going to kill Francis. <laughs> the f- fucking s- swimming pool bathtub. I just realized this viewing, it is a bathtub. It's got the spigot and everything. Does it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about before that? He's at the police station and he's, she's like, what exactly leads you to believe the Soviets were involved? <laughs> <laughs> Did you retrace your steps? And he's like, well, just that morning, Francis. Francis? Yeah. Francis. In the basement running a CIA operation with the neighborhood kids. <laughs> well, then eventually that that old man who owns a bike shop is just like, we've been here three hours. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I love it. 
yeah, he kind of goes nuts and he's not finding the uh, bike. And then he, he finds himself. Did you guys catch Tim Burton as like yeah, the... Yeah, he's the street thug. Mm-hmm. I hit pause on Amazon. That x-ray is cool sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's like Tim Burton, street thug. Yeah, and then he uh, just goes into the uh, fortune teller, which kind of just like sets us off on the actual adventure and gets us out of his town. It's in the basement at the, the Alamo. Alamo. Yeah. I think this movie gets, a, there's a lot of material in this movie. And it just, it flows along. It just keeps going and going and going. It's excellent pacing. There's parts of it that I thought were going to be in Big Adventure because I couldn't remember exactly. And it does like, nope, it fits in this. It's really interesting because like Paul Rubens, Phil Hartman, and I forget the other comedian, you know, like none of them have ever wrote a script before. And they're like, they literally bought a script writing book and like everything they followed to a T. They're like 30 minutes in, have something happen to start the, you know, start the tale. And he's like, okay, I'll lose my bike. 60 minutes in, you know, it's just like, all right, find the bike. He's like, all right, no problem. Or it said like, uh, have a solution, but also present a new problem. He's like, all right, 60 pages in, 60 minutes in, I find my bike, but now, you know, I've got to run. He's like, I, we followed this book to a T. More people should do that than seem to work. Yeah, maybe George Lucas would do that. See, Lucas is, see, I like Lucas's stories. Uh, He should just never direct humans ever. (laughs) Just sit back and collect your check now, man. Come up with ideas. That's true. I love sand. I hate sand. Some some of the worst romance writing I've ever seen. He, dude, he's redeemed himself, though, in the, the newer stuff. And nothing makes the prequels look better than the shitty uh, sequel trilogy. <laughs> tomato, tomato. I forgot. Wait, do you like? Yeah. Do you like the I last like. two? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I could tell you didn't wear a helmet when you rode a bike as a kid. Nope. <laughs> I got a big head. <laughs> nothing fits. I don't think I was that mean to him when we reviewed him. I think I was kind of nice, but I was coming off the high. Uh, no, actually, I think I made fun of the number nine. I can't remember. I can't remember anything since having kids. It's all gone. It's mush. All right. So, uh, yeah, he gets, uh, he finds Mickey. Or no, yeah, it is. Uh, and I thought Mickey kind of seemed sane compared to uh, Pee Wee sometimes. But, uh, you know, he cut the mattress tag off. You know that tag <laughs> on mattresses? Got real mad. Cut it off. Uh, was it me or was that cop way too into Pee Wee and drag? Oh, no. He wanted to take his wife home. Yeah. Let yeah. me see. It, do a little spin for me. Let me see that outfit. Take a picture of the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Did he come up with that like slogan? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to say he did. Okay. That's a fact now. Write it in the notes. I can see Polaroid coming after us. Bullshit. We did it. Pee Wee took it. Uh, yeah, and, and then he just dumps Pee Wee off in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. I was like, but fuck. The bike's in the background, too, when they're driving away, and he's mm-hmm. he's looking at him telling the story about cutting the tag. That's the right. bike's on a truck and just pulls up next to him, and then they take the turn left. Well, then after the police officer is trying to, you know, shake him down and get a little, you know, get a little action off of Pee Wee to get off a ticket or whatever, you know, uh, Mickey, he's slightly aroused by Pee Wee and drag. Oh, yeah. You think? Do you see him like looking? I think he was like, never wow, catch that. When you watch that as an adult, you're like, holy shit, this movie's dirty. <laughs> Long time in jail for Mickey. Yeah, oh, right. yeah. Anything looks good. Well, I mean, Paul Rubens did look pretty good in drag. Uh, I mean, he kind of pulled it off well. The style icon. You know what? After I think about it, 
Pee-wee did basically almost kill them, so mm, I kind of don't blame him for kicking them out now in the middle of nowhere, but at least we got Large Marge. Even when I know this was all coming, Large Marge is still freaky as shit. Yeah, I made sure Lily watched it. I was like, pay attention. Look at this. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere, too, and it's not a very long scene. No. No, but I did read the trivia that she, the actress did not blink the entire time when she was on camera. Like they specifically wanted to set that up and the Chioto brothers who did the large Marge claymation for it just just knocked it out of the park. I think they also did the dinosaur when we get to the diner or was it the was the dinosaur in the dream? The dream. Yeah, when he was in the hospital. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, so large Marge uh, drops him off. <laughs> Tell him large Marge sent you. I can love this diner. That's a shirt you can if you go and just Google search that shirt like on Google Shopping, you'll find dozens, if not hundreds of different stores you can get that from. Nice. I own one. Nice. Yeah, you're wearing one right now too, aren't you? Pee wee. You got a whole wardrobe of Pee Wee. Well when you're you're a professor, you got to. Do you have the tux? No. You know I do, yes. Actually. You have the tux? Before. Yeah. Hmm. I got it from Goodwill, but you know, got my own red bow tie so nice. well you know when those man, are not easy to tie when a man gets married he's got to wear something right that's true. This is true this is true that's how i that's how i met my lady now does yours uh sort of kind of not fit just like peewee's does oh it doesn't fit at all <laughs> <laughs> it's way too short and way too tight so. perfect uh, that means it does fit <laughs> like a glove. Yeah. I mean, the diners, I mean, again, uh, what was her name? Simone. Mm. Yeah. Simone's Jones and forum. The psychic and taxes lady stole his wallet. You got a long ways with no wallet. Yeah. I do like how he's just sitting there cleaning dishes. She's like, you're done. By the way, just, uh, will you go out and watch the sun sun uh was it the sunrise or the sunset yeah the sunrise sunrise in the dinosaurs yeah i tell you there's Mm -hmm. two of the best lines in the entire movie which is saying a lot too this movie's full of like quotable lines but the two lines there is like come on simone let's talk about your big butt (laughs) (laughs) and right as they're getting out andy's like listening in he's like oh peewee i've waited for someone to put it to me like that for so long (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) You know, when you watch that as a kid, you're like, you have no idea what she's talking about. You know, when you watch that as like a 20 year old and like, you're like, holy shit. Oh, did you guys see when uh, Paul Rubens died? They painted a tux on the T-Rex. No way. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, he's got so many, there's so many iconic uh, uh, visuals in this film and even his dance. Like there's so much in this film that I hadn't watched this in a long time, but man, it comes back to you quick. That's what I was trying to get to was the dance. And I was like, oh, we're not there yet. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because he goes to the Alamo before that. Uh, mm-hmm. Gets on the train. That's how he gets away from Simone's boyfriend. <laughs> he, him and that hobo are best fucking friends until he's like, all right, dude, you have been singing for too long. Forster <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just jumps off. <laughs> he doesn't take his rucksack or anything with them. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's when he loses that. He just fucking bails. <laughs> and then he gets, what's it? Yeah, he gets to the Alamo, and uh, the lady from uh, SNL is in there. So I guess mm-hmm. she was from the Groundlings, too. Yeah, she was in the Groundlings, too. Yeah, and apparently she ad libbed almost this entire scene. 
Oh, nice. You know, see, so all three of them auditioned for Saturday Night Live, and Pee Wee was the one who didn't get selected for some reason. Well, Pee Wee's a failed character at first, is what I read at one time. They were all getting together to make up characters nobody would want or something, and it stuck, and everybody loved it. Yeah, he said he initially... Gabe might know better. I heard that he initially tested out on a dating, the, like, dating game. That, mm-hmm. you know, he had done some stand-up with it, and he's just like, well, let's try it on here. And he, he got on right away, because apparently uh, he is on the dating game. I don't know if this was in the late 70s, maybe, or the early 80s. Well, because he started the Pee Wee uh, stage show in, like, 1980. So this had been going on for a little bit before they got the movie. And I know no, it was based off, the, like, the Italian Bike Thieves or something. The Italian film called, like, The Bike Thieves. But anyway... um, yeah, he had been on the dating game, I believe, three different times. And I believe he won one of them, which blows my mind. Oh, man, that'd be a fun date. It's better than the serial killer they had on there. But, you know, they had a serial killer on there. Yeah. On accident, one of the contestants was uh, the Hollywood killer that was murdering prostitutes and dumping their body at the Hollywood sign. Oh, shit. Yeah. There's like a documentary on it, too. It's pretty crazy. Oof. They called him like the the dating game show killer or whatever is what his name became. Well, uh, once he figured gets made fun of for uh, trying to find the basement in the Alamo, there's no basement in the Alamo. He's so annoyed the whole fucking time too. <laughs> He's just like tapping his foot. Like, all right, yeah. come on, let's go. That, that tour group too. They were very eager to hear about just tortillas and anything. Yeah. Oh, Do we have any Mexican Americans? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Buenos Dias. Perfect in that, that little scene. Uh, then, oh yeah, then the um, he sees uh, Simone. And she's like going to France, right? Well, obviously you can't drive a bus to France, but uh, <laughs> she's going there. And then somehow the boyfriend attacks him, and that's how he gets into the rodeo. Which I was pretty pissed off when he didn't get a prize for uh, that ride on the rodeo. He did a damn good job. Said world record. Where's the prize money? It's bullshit. Did you guys notice the like abrupt cut after the like country guys come up to him, all the writers? Like after they drug him away and he's now in his tux again? Yeah. So he went like I remember he was all in the get up, the rodeo get up, and then there they said something to him, then there's like an abrupt cut, and then he's just walking aimlessly through the like I don't know, through Texas, and then he gets to the yeah. biker bar. They're asking his name and stuff, and he's like, I don't remember. They're like, what do you remember? He goes to the Alamo and they're like, (laughs) and then there's like a hard cut. Yeah. Like almost like they cut a scene out, but I don't know if they did. Maybe that's where the the bow tie comes in. Well, no, the bow tie was when the boyfriend was chasing him. And no, that's in the that's at the chase at the end. That's right. He goes into like a Western bar. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, he goes in this biker bar and then we get uh, Elvira Cassandra Peterson's in there. His big mama. First, he's trying to use the phone. And he asked politely for everyone just to be quiet. And, of course, the bikers are not going to be. So he gets asked to leave. Yeah, the, the Hell's Angels. What do they call them in this? Like d- Satan's helpers. Oh, yeah. I remember now because, yeah. I'm in, a, I'm in a group called the Satan's helpers. We were talking about that. <laughs> There's Wasn't only there... 666 members allowed, so don't try to join. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Facebook groups. that Do shit like that? It's it's like uh, real shitty food. You know how like uh, that chef's club will post like the grossest food stuff ever. And they're like, try this for your husband. And it's like a block of Velveeta and raw noodles. 
They post that shit all the time. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> now, in my, I remember the dirty, uh, put the milk in the dirty glass, little bitty thing that they do in the, the biker bar. Like when he orders milk and he's like, but put it in a dirty glass. In the one that I rented off Voodoo, it didn't have that little bitty cut. Did anyone else see that? I don't remember it on uh, Amazon. No, I don't remember it. Mm-mm. I remember it because he goes, I'll have milk. And they all look at him weird. Or the bartender looks at him weird. He goes, in a dirty glass. And it wasn't in this. I remember that as a kid. So I don't know if I've made it up. Because on mine, he just walks in the bar. And then he like tells the bikers to shush. Because he's on the phone. And then they basically tell him to get out. And then he knocks over all the bikes. And then they grab him and bring him in. And he's like, do I have any last... Uh, I forget what he says. But like, last request. And then he starts the tequila dance. He puts on those heels, those mm-hmm. platforms. No, but before that started up, I jumped off the couch and started doing the dance. And she's staring at me all weird. <laughs> that thing's iconic. There's like NFL football players were doing that. They'd get a sack and they start doing the peewee dance. And Yeah. I mean, that is like in the zeitgeist of popular culture. Right when right when it came out, everyone was doing that. It was very popular. Remember as a kid. And how the hell is he so good on those platforms? He must have practiced a lot. That's what I've been saying. Oh, right, right, right. That's part of your theory here. That I guess we'll talk about later. Because I thought we I think we talked about that off air. Yeah. Chris's Chris's theory. That may or may not be true. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it is. We'll get to it. Uh, yeah, so they love him for it. And dude, when he gets on that bike and wrecks right into the sign, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> They're all cheering. Yeah, Pee-wee smash. <laughs> he's good on two wheels, man. Well, uh, until he's not. <laughs> oh, for two. Uh, I mean, if he's going to wreck on a regular bike, he's definitely going to wreck on a motorcycle. But uh, yeah, once he gets to the hospital, though, you can really see Tim Burton's Beetlejuice come out during this dream. You have like the crazy devil, you know, putting his bike into the fire and everything like that. That's that's like pure Tim Burton right out of his head. It's awesome. Oh, and then like the the clowns that are like wheeling him down. Like the kind of like slightly skewed hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's some of my best. Uh, I, that's some of the most memorable stuff from this for me is like the clowns and everything. How crazy that shit is. Yeah, like the funhouse yeah. element. It's like this movie was filmed half in a funhouse. Yeah. I, I bet I bet that's Brad's least favorite part about this movie. The clowns. The clowns. <laughs> shit. Yeah, we'll get over it. Francis is so. Gabe, you've known Brad for a long time. Has he always had a ridiculous fear of clowns? I've never heard this before. <gasps> Did Brad make this up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've seen him cry before, but I didn't know it was about clowns. <laughs> I just noticed he's got the sad clown I bought him on his on his bookshelf in the background. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> Under the hat, yeah. Oh, I, gonna go get it. I thought he was going to smash it. <laughs> Set it down to break it. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, it's droopy, amazing. the sad clown. It's sad because it hasn't got to kill anyone today. Oh, that's great. No, like Brad, uh, like he told us, he's like, I hate clowns. <laughs> just like one day. To Brad, just like, I know how I'm going to be cool on this podcast. I'm going to tell everyone I hate clowns. I'm going to find my niche. 
<laughs> and he's the fucking guy who is like, okay, let's watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> nice Kyoto Brothers crossover there with those guys. It's true. And Brad picked this. Uh, I think Brad categorically has picked the best films so far, uh, despite what that Facebook poll says. Brad, I am destroying you in that poll. I put a poll up on Facebook in the group and I got all my friends to vote. (laughs) You can vote for two people, but nobody is. It's a popularity contest. It's bullshit. I voted for Brad. I voted for Brad. I I just pick out the easy ones. You guys know more. You're the movie guys. I just go out here and be like, oh, yeah, man. Schwarzenegger's awesome. You're the guy who keeps picking clown movies. (laughs) At least it's not. uh, This is not Dark Crystal. It's true. That's a great one. Well, and then Pee Wee spots the kid on TV. That kid's from uh, the Christmas, um, the Christmas story. Do you guys know that? He looks really familiar, and I didn't look him up. Yeah, I mean, he plays a little, a little douche, pretty good. Yeah, he makes. Wasn't he the older brother on the Wonder Years? That's what I thought. That's what it looks like. Oh, is is that what he is? Is he not? Just make it up. Sure. Yeah, I think he could. I think he was. Yeah, it's fact now. is his name Chip? Was that him? Never trust a man named Chip. Damon Martin? Oh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe he was just on the Wonder Years. I thought he was in the Christmas story. I guess not. Um, oh, wait, was he the bully in the Christmas story? Not the brother. Let's see if I can find his name. I don't even know what his name is. That's what it was his character, Chip. Nope, that's one of the BMX guys. Let's look up Don't the worry. Wonder Years. We edit this stuff. It's fine. Do, do, do the Wonder Years. Let's find his face. Jason Hervey is the actor's name. Oh, I didn't click on all cast. Yeah, it says Wonder Years. Oh, he's the bully in Monster Squad. That's what it is. That's right. Right there is where I'm going to stick the edit. <laughs> like I knew the whole time. Oh, he's from the Monster Squad. Wayne Arnold, 112 episodes in Wonder Years. He was also in the short Frankenweenie for Tim Burton. So Tim Burton had uh, worked with him before. That's pretty cool. Frankenweenie's good. I liked it. He's also in Love Boat yeah. the Next Wave for one episode. Apparently not carrying that on to... I can't believe that was a TV show. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, his last movie... He, he hasn't done a lot after a while. It's 2000, 2002, 2004, 2013, uh, 2021. That's what he gets for not being in The Christmas Story. He's in a Christmas movie as his last one. You, me, and the Christmas trees. Yes. That should have saved his career. Oh, well. That'll just put him on a uh, the Hallmark Channel for the rest of his life. Wow, I just figured... Well, is dressing in a nurse... Because I was going to say that Paul Rubens in drag twice in this film. But it's like, is dressing in that nurse costume count as drag? Yes. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. be in it. Let's outlaw yeah. that. So wait, outlaw dressing in drag as a nun only? Yeah, just just nuns, outlaw nuns. All right. Well, I mean, if we make it, if we say it and put it on the internet, then it's controversy. Let's do it. I heard it on the Analog Jones podcast. I just want to give, sister. <laughs> she, I love the phone call, and she's like, "Fuck this stupid little kid. He's an asshole." Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I know he's a child, but I'll beat his ass. That's Charlie Day's mom on oh. uh, "It's Always Sunny." Am I the only one who watches that? No, I watched like the first seven, eight seasons and lost track. It's great though. Oh yeah. So uh, stuff she uh Sweet D, she's in her own TV show. We've been watching that. It's pretty good. 
Uh, is that the one where she's a babysitter? That's she's the aunt, but yes, it's that. Oh, it's okay. like Fink or something like that. No, I don't know. No, Fink was another comedy. That's an Australian. That was good. But I only watch Disney Channel series, so I can complain about them. Mm-hmm. So, like any grown man on the internet should. That's right. Damn straight. I complain about woke woke culture and Disney, and Can't if stop. I have time, Star Wars, but only if I have time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the trace through Warner brothers was freaking awesome. We got Godzilla in there. Uh, they cut out the Western scene where he used the boomerang. Um, we got rad. I mean, there's a lot of, um, like kind of just these BMX kids throughout this and, uh, I'm here for it. Cause man, yeah. I just love that part of the eighties. Dude. Rad. And, rad was so good. I'm so glad we watched that. I know. Twisted sister. Gabe, you ever seen the, uh, BMX movie rad? No, but I probably should. Highly recommend it. Hmm. Is it like Top Gun with BMX bikers? Uh, Less gay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. It's the only thing Rad is missing. It needs a a touch of gay. They just need two dudes that stare at each other a lot. (laughs) In their underwear in a steamy shower. I mean, that's that's where it's at. (laughs) You're dangerous. (laughs) That's right. Take a shot. Some of that that macho 80s stuff. I thought me and Brad were like watching porn together when we were on that trip watching the beginning of Commando. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a goddamn great family film. He's out there with Alyssa Milano and they're like, they see a deer and they give it food. Kissing her on the lips. <laughs> weird times, man. I always said if I ever ran across Alyssa Milano, I'd be like, you were great in Commando, Jenny. Some of my favorite stuff is like the gayest stuff from the 80s, especially wrestling. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to get on top of you and slam you, brother. <laughs> I, have you seen that that edit? I'll have to send it to you guys. Yeah, I've seen. I know what you're talking I'm gonna about. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to get in you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, these guys are so hopped up on pain kills and uh, painkillers and cocaine. They have no idea what they're talking about. It wasn't about. cocaine. It was just coffee. Drink oh, a lot okay. of coffee. Oh, okay. Right, right, Dude, right. my favorite wrestler is Goldust, though, so I got no room. I remember a lot of people, like, they even complained about Goldust back in the day during the Attitude Era. I was like, all the shit going on, and they're like, there's a gay wrestler? Oh, my God. I'm like, come on. Get over it, folks. I just saw, like, Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin would stun his boss, and then drink beer, and then slap a baby. I mean, no one would care. He didn't actually slap a baby, but he should have. That would have really spiked the ratings. Uh, let's see this chase through Warner Brothers is off the rails, just like this podcast. We got a burning pet shop when he finally does escape. I forgot about this. That's the scene that I was like, is that in this or is that in Big Top? No, uh, definitely this one. Yeah, I think this is a great scene. It feels out of place, but it's still really funny because once I found out that Paul Rubens is actually really afraid of snakes and Tim, <laughs> and Tim Burton made him use real snakes. I think that's that's the best part is every time he runs by the snake cage, he just looks at it like, mm, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I do love how he's just using a chimp. He's like, come on, buddy. We got to go back in. Yeah, they just have a chimp in a pet store. I mean, that was the 80s, probably. Buy a chimp. Hopefully they don't rip off your face. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. And when you're done doing that, get on a plane and smoke. You know, whatever. It's the 80s, baby. Up on the interstate without a seatbelt. Best year. 
Uh, the amount of times that I came back from a fishing trip in my grandpa's pickup truck, just standing there while he's going like 30 miles an hour down a, a gravel road, bumping everywhere. Thank thank God I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so they, they end up uh, arresting him, and then he gets the deal for the movie. And then I just love how quickly they wrap this all up where he's in the drive-in. Uh, but... You know, given all of his friends that he's met throughout the adventure stuff that he bought at the concession stand. But I think the absolute best is when he's acting on film and how much he stares in the camera and how <laughs> fucking funny it is. <laughs> so bad at it. <laughs> Herman, a telephone call at the front desk. <laughs> Does anyone know why they decided to, to add, you know, to like put in a fake voice? Why not? Well, I've always wondered if that was fake or a voice he did because I was like, I've never heard him sound like that. Yeah, I don't know either. I was wondering if it was like a personal story, like he got a movie or something and they didn't like his voice. So they just abbed it and it was awful. And he's like, we should do that in this. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but damn, it's funny. <laughs> And I feel like that's a line that I hear everywhere that I hear someone saying. Yeah, I can't go to a hotel to this day and just not even think about that line. Or it's like, Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call at the front desk. <laughs> and then right when they're kissing, he just leans in between them. <laughs> I mean, that guy, like, could you imagine if he was your brother? Because he would steal every scene at like every family gathering and everything. He's so damn awkwardly funny. Like, if you're his brother or sister, like, no one gave you attention because he's so, you can't stop looking at him. You know, before that, Dottie, she was all hot to trot just as much as ever, and he's still not interested whatsoever. Well, he does right off with her. He does. Come on, Dottie. Yeah, we forgot I'm a lone wolf. I mean, I'm a rebel. You don't want me. (laughs) I forget the little speech that he does there. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Dottie. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. I don't understand. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, Dottie. A rebel. So, I mean, at the end of it, does is he with Dottie? Because she got that pink dog, he's got a dog. It kind of seems like they're alluding to it. I hope so. No, I want your vote. So you're oh, also. Yeah. How about you, Brad? I think no think? way. No way. All right, Gabe. How about you? Have you ever ridden over the top of a driving movie theater in your bike with a woman, like Pee Wee did with Dottie? No. I think together. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty special. I think I think it's right. Either this, or he immediately becomes like a serial killer. I mean, he found out that he could travel so easily through the America that he's just like, I can just kill anyone. Just keep going on this little bike. Yes, before they so had his... <laughs> Because after the hospital, everything got weird. Oh, it's he's all dead. a dream? Yeah. No, he's dead. It's all it's all death. Or a coma. <laughs> all right. So we can uh speed on to the rest of the trivia here before we go into recommendations. Uh, like I said before, written by three comedians who had never written a script before. Phil Hartman, Paul Rubens, and Michael Varhall. Hey, was Varhall, was he part of the Groundlings? Brad, did you see his name? I, know, at I all? guess I could have looked that up, but I did not. 
Yeah, and you're right. Your note, it would have been nice to be in the room to just hear all their ideas bouncing off each other. That would have been amazing. Yeah. I bet it would have smelt real good in there, too. Ouch. Yeah. Tim Burton's first full-length feature, and they gave it... Uh, Warner Brothers really liked him after seeing his like Disney uh, short that he did for Frank and Weenie. Because I believe Tim Burton at the time was working at Disney's animation studio, but it wasn't working out or something like that. I don't quite know how he did Frank and Weenie for them. I thought Frank and Weenie, though, was originally uh, a college. Was it? Film project for him. Yeah. So I wonder if they saw some of that and then it turned into a short. Either way. Yeah, it's really good. And then finally, they gave him a film somewhere in the 2000s, right? It was early 2000s. Didn't he do, wasn't that around the time of Avengers, 2012, 11-ish? Is that how late Frankenweenie was? I was yeah, thinking like 2005 or something. It wasn't new. Okay. As you can tell on this podcast, we do massive amount of research. Just We got we got kids in a family, man. Just grinding away <laughs> in our research. <laughs> how much time you have when you have kids? Fuck no, man. Part of the fan experience is just being let down every week. <laughs> we're the disney of podcasts dun, 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 dun. Oh, dude i'll take that money yeah, that's right well we're already getting our woke what was this again playhouse woke casino. casino money right yeah. now where everybody wins frank and winnie is 2012 no way wow was yeah way it was a college movie he originally did mm-hmm a uh, loose parody of the 1948 italian film called bicycle thieves uh, I already mentioned Corey Feldman was supposed to be the original Francis. Let's see here. I know Cassandra, when I um, listened to Cassandra Peterson's book, because I definitely didn't read it, reading ugh, reading's hard. But um, yeah, she mentioned that she was really good friends with Paul Rubens. They were uh, wrote a lot of skits together. And when he was down during his dark times, uh, which we haven't mentioned yet. And I don't know much about what quite happened with Paul Rubin there in the 90s, but uh, she mentioned that, uh, you know, he was super depressed. But does anyone know a lot about that? He just jerked off in a theater and then didn't go to court. And it, it was going to... So the court case was going to be dismissed in like the last week. Some uppity fucking DA decided to press charges on him to try to make a name for himself. But his dad was dying of cancer. And he chose not to show up to the court uh, hearing. He chose to spend time with his father. Yeah, because his mugshot is, you know, he's got like long hair. It doesn't even look like him. Yeah. The the judge even said he would have thrown it out if he would have shown up. Mm. Yeah, that's bad timing with that. Oh, yeah. Brad's got here Mickey. Yeah. In Red Dawn. So if you're a fan of Red Dawn, Mickey will be familiar. He was in that. Oh, yeah. Phil Hartman. Uh, he was uh, the reporter at the end. Mm hmm. And uh, the other writer was like one of the cameramen. And then um, let's see, Pee Wee and Simon play the penguins' parents in Batman. Oh, that's right. Oh, good one, Brad. I forgot about that. Yeah, the waitress Simone and uh, Pee Wee play um, the penguins' parents in Batman. Oh Returns. shit! I didn't even know that. <laughs> they look a little bit different. Yeah, you, if you look close, you can tell. Mm -hmm. I just need to look at it. I'm looking at Tim Burton, and Pee Wee's not even on his list of movies. He's directed this is oh, the first one that's producer uh yep 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 okay that's producer we never make any mistakes on this podcast yeah he did the the frank and weenie short in 1984 and then Wee was 85 yeah i mean his his rise 
was nuts with Pee Wee, and then he did Beetlejuice, and then he Batman. Let's see, Edward Scissorhands was in there, and then Batman Returns. I mean, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, what a fucking rise. Mars Attacks, though, that one kind of hurt. That one bombed, right? Uh, I don't know. I liked it. A lot of people really like it. I'm not, I've never really. I think it might have been one of those cult classics. Like it bombed in the theater and then. You know, Pee Wee went on to continue with Pee Wee's Playhouse, which I remember watching that for years and years. Lawrence Fishburne was on that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Back to. Oh, yeah. What was that? You cut out. I said Phil Hartman was on there too. Yeah. Yeah. What was he in that? Was he like a mailman or something or like. He was Jombie. Oh, the genie. Yeah. That's what it was. The I was genie. like, I remember Jombie being somebody really famous. Yeah. That's crazy how much talent they had for that show. And they started that show real quick too, because I think it ran from like 86 to 90. Who was the bully in that show? What was his name? Randy. Not Andy, but Randy. So do you think Pee Wee. You know, back when he was younger, we got bullied by somebody named Andy or Randy. So that's he always like used as because it's like South Park, where one of the writers, his girlfriend's name was Leanne and she cheated on him in, in college. So he always calls like a whorish character in every movie like Leanne. Yeah, he does not let get it go either, though. He He's done that for like 20 something years. Yeah, he's upset. So. Yeah. And now it's just like he's got to do it because everyone expects it. So he can't stop. Anyway, let's move on to recommendations. This should be pretty easy. I'll go in order of what's on the screen here. Chris, do you recommend Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yeah, big recommend. All right, Brad, how about you? This is a top 25 movie of all time in my book and needs to be continued to be studied in depth. Uh, the, the casting is top rate. The music's amazing. The writing, the directing. Just on top of that, it's just it's so clever. All right, Gabe, how about you? You know, I named my dog Francis Buxton, so that's <laughs> a full 10 out of 10. Uh, that really, like, encapsulate how much you like this film. I mean, you got the that's shirt probably. on, named your dog after it. You got you got a fucking tuxedo for it. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I've even been to the Alamo twice and had my little brother one time and my kids next time asked if they had a basement. <laughs> <laughs> what was the answer? The first time, no, annoyed. Second time, they're like, yes, they actually do have, they did have tunnels for like back, way back in the day when they'd like smuggle people from one place to the town to the next. So they actually kind of did have a basement. So it was a lie. Conspiracy. That one was a lie. You heard it, you heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Breaking news on the Analog Jones podcast. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, it kind of surprises me that they'd be annoyed that they'd hear that. I mean, I would just expect it. That's how you train new people. People are going to ask about a basement. <laughs> Just tell them there's tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our adventure wing of the museum or maybe our Paul Rubens wing. This man was so damn talented before he died of cancer. And I was reading it like it was like a six year battle. Jesus. Fuck cancer. That's what I got to say. But anyway, uh, let's bring something to our museum. Good or bad. Of course, it's going to be good because we all like it. But I'll let Brad go first. All right, I'm taking the easiest one here, Large Marge. This is tough, too. 
What is the most iconic visual of this film? I think Large Marge is the bike. Be. All right, Chris, I'll let you go second. What do you got? Why don't Gabe go? Fight between Francis Buxton and Pee Wee when they're just going back and forth at each other. If you can, if you can model that in the museum, it'd be be freaking fantastic. You can make a bronze out of that. And what we'll do is we'll just put a projector up, and then when people come in, that's like the sliver of the movie that they show in the museum uh, during the documentary. By the way, why is there not a documentary on this film? You guys ever think about know. that? All these make documentaries one. that come out? I ain't making a documentary. Those things don't make money. <laughs> we don't make shit. We just watch shit here. We just comment, you know, like real real heroes. We do. Just sit on the sidelines and comment about everything. After you edit one of these bad boys that go off the rails, you'll feel like you made something. <laughs> 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 All right, Chris, you can go. Uh, I'll go with the soundtrack. I love Danny Elfman. Oingo Bongo, yeah. his solo stuff. He makes some of the weirdest music, and I, I love it. Yeah, He did Ghostbusters, didn't he? Mm-hmm. he uh, they came out recently. He did a song off a single with Trent Reznor, and everybody liked it. So he released two albums of duets with, like, collabs with other experimental bands. And it, right. that's amazing. Yeah, and he almost didn't take this, Danny Elfman, because he didn't feel like, he was prepared enough for it. He's just like, I don't have any experience because I guess he did the forbidden zone, but he's just like, I've never done like a real movie, you know, like a, a Hollywood picture and everything. But uh, I guess Tim Burton finally convinced him to do it. And man, thank God. <laughs> Cause what a career it's nuts. Yeah. I think it's always kind of like tragic that he hasn't won an Oscar, but he's been nominated for four. No, whatever. They don't mean anything. Whatever. You know, I live my entire life by the Oscars. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. If you held a gun to my head, I couldn't even tell you what won Best Picture last year. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know when they are. I no, the best know. thing that happened at the Oscars is Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Well, I mean, Chris Rock shouldn't have put his face in the way. Clearly, Will Smith was stretching. Oh, yeah. Gabe doesn't know about my love for Will Smith, and I will defend him. No matter what, even though it's clearly he's wrong. <laughs> Dude, Paul Rubens is the voice of Max on Flight of the Navigator. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Huh, nice. I'm going to put in the bike. Good call. It was between that and the voice of Pee Wee, but I'm going to go with the bike, uh, which is on Gabe's shirt. For everyone out there in podcast land, just imagine it. Rippling muscles everywhere. What's it say? Not for... Red bike. <laughs> What's it say, Gabe? Not for a... Not for, uh, what is it, uh, $100 million trillion billion dollars. That, oh, man, that's one of my notes. I've, I didn't read my notes. We were talking too much, but I was like, the reward for the bike is $100 million, $100 billion million trillion dollars. And I was like, man, I'd suck dick for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd suck an entire room full of dicks for that. <laughs> In this economy? <laughs> Do you want to give your, your little theory on Paul Rubens or do you just want to let it go off? I don't know. It? He never discussed it. So yeah, I know Maybe it's not a place. We talked about it. I just, it just always seemed like a gay show, like theater, uh, drag enthusiast. Yeah. And just, I mean, he could have been by and just kept it personal. I don't know. Yeah. We looked into it. It says it never, he's never discussed his sexuality publicly. I know he, he had, uh, he has a daughter. Well, had, yeah. I, but I think that's it, right? Just one daughter? 
I I didn't really look into it. Once I seen that, yeah. I just gave. I didn't really care. That's his business. Well, I just spotted it on Wikipedia that I think I saw like one one um, daughter, but I could be wrong. One child. I don't know. But uh, Gabe, you were saying he he married two porn stars. That's what I heard. So I don't I don't know. I haven't fact checked it oh, on the no. Internet. Yeah, there yeah. is no facts here. <laughs> Simultaneously. <laughs> Brad has like the best quote about facts. Well, I can't remember what it was that you said on it. It was like really funny. I want to say like, just we're a fact free zone here. Yeah, there you go. Fact free zone. <laughs> well, the facts are made up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that will wrap up our review of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Gabe, thanks for coming on. I uh, hope you enjoyed our insanity. Pleasure. I'll, I'll listen to and every week now so. <laughs> all right now we got 19 listeners you can just hit download you don't even have to listen <laughs> thinking we're going to charge this casino a little more money with our rating spike that we're about to experience <laughs> all right chris where can they find us on the social medias uh we got a facebook group uh analog jones temple of the film we have an instagram which is analog jones tof and if you have a movie that you want us to watch and don't have facebook uh, you can email us at analogjonestof at gmail.com. That's right. Send them in. All right, Brad, I'll let you get the last word on Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I'm just setting you up here, seeing if you're going to fail or you're going to say something really funny. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Uh -huh. Oh, he failed. There uh -huh. we go. <laughs> the magic word. Ah! <laughs> ah! We missed our opportunity. Oh, I to forgot. Oh, I totally day. forgot. Well, that's Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's not Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's an adventure, Brad. Mm -hmm. This was no an adventure. This was the greatest adventure. It was. It always is. All right. So remember to be kind. And, and rewind. rewind.